Well, it's good to be here. Everybody all right tonight? Everybody awake? Something about Wednesday night people. I mean, we're serious about coming to church, but we're also tired. <laughs> right? <laughs> Been a long day. But uh, how many of you were here last week? Anybody here last week? Okay, good. Got a few people that were here. Well, uh, somebody tell me something you picked up last week. Not the corona, but... Anybody take any notes last week? Something that stuck out to you? Okay, yeah. Yeah, definition of repent. That's good. Anybody else? Let me brave people in here. You guys just already forgot last week, didn't you? You just completely forgot it. Well, how about we do a little bit of a refresher? Can we do that? All right, you brought your Bibles, right? All right, grab your Bibles, and we're going to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6. And in verse 33, the Holy Spirit actually has been shining a bright light on this to me. We're going on two decades, and uh, this verse just means a lot to me in so many different ways. Actually, this whole chapter, I believe that you can find anything that you need in life right here in, in Matthew chapter 6, some way or another. And uh, this is where I want us to start tonight because it's hard to catch everything in, in one service, right? And so Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 and, of course, I minister from the New Living Translation, so we'll read that one first. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Don't you like that? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. What does that mean? We need some Greek or, uh, you know, any type of definitions here. No, it's just pretty simple, isn't it? <laughs> what? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Put Jesus first, in other words, right? The New King James says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first, doesn't say to seek it second, but to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Passion says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. I like that. So, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him, then all these less important things, less important things. He's talking about money. He's talking about clothes. He's talking about, you know, your everyday life. But he defines it as something that's less important. There are some things that are more important, right? And that is learning to seek first the kingdom of God. So the Amplified, I like, the, I like how the Amplified puts it, actually. Very, very uh, nice translation of this. It says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. Don't you like that one? Well, one of the ways that we could put it, 
uh, when, it, when we're talking about seeking first the kingdom of God, uh, God's way of doing things. We talk about seeking first the kingdom, the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, God has a particular way that he runs his kingdom or God's way of doing things. You here tonight? All right. <clears throat> Philip's translation. Set your heart on the kingdom and his goodness, and all these things will come to you as a matter of course. So in other words, if your course is set on the kingdom, your heart is set on the kingdom, then all these other things, they're just going to fall into place. That's good news, isn't it? Sometimes it doesn't feel like they're falling into place. We just got to keep our focus, though, <laughs> and keep moving forward, keep putting one foot in front of the other, and things will eventually fall into place. That's just what happens. I like this one. Uh, this is a, a paraphrase. Ben Campbell Johnson, you know Ben Campbell Johnson? I like the way he does this. He says, uh, you are to give first priority to the spirit dimension and to setting all of your relationships right. When you get a proper perspective, then these other things will take care of themselves. So it's important to us that we get a proper perspective, right? And when we do get a proper perspective of the kingdom of God, seeking first the kingdom of God or giving first priority to the spirit dimension, as he put it, then these other things will take care of themselves. In other words, if they take care of themselves, then we don't have to take care of them. That's good news, isn't it? I mean, you've got some things you've been trying to take care of. Oh, I got lots of stuff I've been trying to take care of. <laughs> Amen. But we're growing in this, aren't we? Perspective is everything. Perspective is everything. It, it matters how we view things in this life. Perspective is our, our outlook, our viewpoint, how we're looking at things. Perspective is our, our frame of mind and how we approach things in this life and everything that we face here while we're living in a fallen world. Perspective matters. Can you say that with me? Perspective matters. It does. We've got to learn the art of seeing things from God's perspective. God's point of view. You know, God has a, a bird's eye view of things here on the earth. In other words, he sees the bigger picture. A lot of times we can be so caught up in our own little world. And every one, single one of us, myself included, we're guilty of this where you're so focused on everything that's right here. But the Father, he sits up here, and he sees things from a totally different perspective than we do a lot of times. Right? You out there? You got home. <laughs> Amen. Well, what type of perspective does he see them from in this bigger picture? Well, he sees them from a perspective of the finished work of the cross of Calvary. He sees things from the perspective of victory. Right? Sometimes it doesn't feel like we're winning, but he sees the goal line in sight. Right? And he knows it may not feel like it for us at the time, but he knows if we'll just keep putting him first, keep speaking his word, declaring his promises, that we will eventually make it to the finish line victorious. That's good news, isn't it? Amen? Sometimes it doesn't feel like we're winning, but we do always win. Always. Amen? 
In Christ, we are always victorious. In Christ, we do. We always win. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. This is another familiar verse. We didn't look at this one last week, but I want us to look at it this week. Colossians, excuse me, chapter 3. And uh, verse 1, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Isn't that good? You ought to underline that verse. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2, think about the things of heaven. Not the things of earth. Boy, that's really good. Amen? So he's admonishing us here that we need to look at something differently than how we've been looking. We need to do a checkup on our perspective of life, right? I like the way uh, there's another uh, paraphrase of this. I'm going to read this to you. Have, have you heard of the mirror? Anybody heard of the mirror? Mirror is a good one. Listen to this. Verse 3, it says, or verse 1, You are in fact raised together with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in Him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Did you hear that? Relocate yourselves mentally. Sometimes we need to have a mental <laughs> relocation. We need to move or change our thoughts, right? Relocate yourselves mentally. He says, engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. <laughs> That's so good right there. That's shouting ground almost. Verse 2. Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted, distracted again by the earthly or the soul-ruled realm. Wow. So, it's so important that we realize that our thought life matters. Because, you see, our thought life, our perspective, whatever you're thinking... Whatever the, the direction, you know, your thoughts are going in, that's going to be what you see. Right? And it's going to be hard to see anything else. So we have to make sure that our thoughts are set on the right things continually. It is a daily battle. It's a daily process that we do this every single day. Man, we know this. We talked a little bit about this last week. I'm still reviewing here. Man is a three-part being. We are what? Spirits, right? And what? We possess a soul, which is made up of what? Your mind, will, and emotions. And you live in this house that we call your body. Correct? Amen? And so when man sinned and when he fell in the Garden of Eden... He fell on all three levels. Did he not? Spirit, soul, the mind, will, and emotions, and physically, the body. So man fell on all three levels, right? And so 
we are still growing in Christ in so many different ways. Meaning when, we came, when Jesus came and he, and he paid the supreme sacrifice on the cross to redeem mankind, and we get born again, our spirits got born again, right? But our bodies are still the same. <laughs> you're still the same on the outside. You may be different on the inside, but you're still the same person on the outside, so to speak. It's still your body. Now, you're, the soulish part of you, your mind, your will, and emotions, uh, you know, that's in process, we're still processing that. We haven't completely arrived there yet. Amen? And our body, that is something that's still to come. Should Jesus tarry, they're going to plant you in the ground. <laughs> right? One day, you will get a brand new body. Isn't that good news? I could think some, of some adjustments that I would make to this one. <laughs> right? I bet you could too. Now... Learning to see things from God's perspective, where we are seated in Christ, it, this is truly a process of growing in Christ or growing in the revelation of Christ. Our spirits are just as saved as they can possibly get, but our minds, they still need some work. And uh, to those that don't know Jesus, what do we say to those that don't know Jesus? Remember we said this last week, we tell them, Get saved, get born again. But to those that are already saved and born again, there's something that we still need to tell them and each other, and that is renew your minds. Amen. To the unsaved, we say get born again. To the saved, to the Christians, we say renew your minds. Renew your minds. Because it's the renewed mind that will have a proper perspective of the things of this life. The unrenewed mind will not have a proper perspective. But the renewed mind will. Amen. A renewed mind will have a perspective of faith. It will have a perspective of victory. But the unrenewed mind, it will not. And you've got to realize these, these two things are continually at war with each other. Aren't they? Amen. It's like you've got a little devil sitting on this shoulder and you've got a, a little angel sitting on this shoulder, so to speak, and they're both screaming things at you all the time. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that or... No, we all have. Amen. So, let's think about it this way. Man's greatest need isn't physical. Man's greatest need isn't necessarily healing in his body. Man's greatest need isn't necessarily financial. We can call these things needs, and they're needs. But it's not our greatest need. What is our greatest need? Well, our greatest need is the need to renew our minds with God's Word, to renew our minds to where we are seated in Christ, to renew our minds to everything that the blood of Jesus has bought and paid for for us in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's our greatest need because when we do that, then everything else will fall into place. The healing, the financial provision, all of these things. Amen. So then man's greatest need is to renew his mind with the Word, with, with the Spirit of God, to God's way of doing things, God's way of living life. Think about this. What does this word renew mean? Does anybody know what renew means? Re-new. <laughs> What's it mean? Well, to make something new again, right? means it was once new, 
But it's not new anymore. It's got old on it. It's got some miles on it. Something's happened somewhere. It's got beat up a little bit. Well, that's your mind. Right? That's what happens outside of Christ when, when man sins, right? Now the mind has to be renewed again. Renew, it means to restore. It means to restore. A renewed mind is a mind that is being restored or restored. Our spirits have been restored in Christ, and one day, you know, we're going to receive, receive a restored body, right? Amen. Uncontaminated by sin, uncontaminated by sickness, disease, uncontaminated by diabetes. Wow. Heart issues, uncontaminated by any of these things. I mean, totally uncontaminated. Amen. But our souls, our minds, we're still working on that. I keep saying this over and over because we're going to get this. Renew means this. It means to return something back to its original state. So when we talk about renewing our mind, and the Scriptures admonish us to re renew our minds, and we'll read that again here in a minute, what he's saying is it's time that we return our mind to its original state. See, we're going to have to learn how to think properly again. See, your mind fell. And so it, doesn't, it hasn't been quite working right. Amen? It means this. Renew means to come back to. To renew your mind. It means to come back to. It means to reestablish. So when we talk about renewing the mind, we're talking about reestablishing some things in our minds. Again. Renew, it also means to revive. So we, when we talk about having a renewed mind, we're talking about reviving that mind. Amen? It also means to regenerate. It means to revitalize. It means to reinvigorate. It means to restore. And I like this one. It means to breathe new life into. So when we talk about renewing our minds, we're talking about breathing some new life into your mind because, see, your mind thinks constantly, the unrenewed mind, thoughts of death, thoughts of lack, Thoughts of defeat, thoughts of all these other things. And so we need to breathe new life into that mind. How do we do that? With God's word, the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It means to resurrect. If we're going to renew our minds, then that mind is going to be resurrected. It's going to be pulled out of the grave, so to speak. It means to resuscitate. It means to awaken. It means to rejuvenate. What does rejuvenate mean? Make it young again, right? It means to renovate. It means to improve. When we talk about renewing our minds, we're talking about improving our minds, right? It also means this, recondition. Recondition. I know I'm giving you a lot of the, a lot of the same words with a lot of the similar meanings, but this is how we get things in us, and this is how we renew our minds, <laughs> right? It means to recondition. Renew, it also means to rebuild. So we're rebuilding some things. It means to make over. Your mind needs a makeover, right? <laughs> Your mind needs a serious makeover. Amen. It means an overhaul. 
It means to redevelop. It means to rebuild or reconstruct. It means to refill. It means to replace. Replace. So when we talk about renewing our minds, we're talking about replacing that mind. What are we going to replace it with? The mind of Christ. Amen? The same mind that Jesus had when he walked the face of this planet. The mind of Christ, the, the anointing that was on his mind, that was full of the very life of God, is now available to you and I. But the Scripture says that we have to let that mind be in us. It's not going to come automatically. you got to let it. Amen. Everybody say it, say it with me. I'm going to let the mind of Christ. <laughs> yeah, dwell in me. Yeah. Amen. That's so good. A renewed mind, it thinks like God thinks. How many of you think like God thinks right now? Oh, I don't all the time. How about you? No. But the renewed mind will. And we can grow in this. We can grow in this ability to learn how to think like God. Amen. Amen. Think like God thinks. See things the way that God sees them. Hear things the way that God hears them. Amen. And not seeing them or hearing them from a position of, of defeat, so to speak. Let me show you a verse. Let's, let's get off track here just a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get back over to Romans chapter 12. Look over. You got some people of faith here, right? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Anybody know what this verse is? Second Corinthians 5, verse 7. What's the new King James say? For we walk by faith, not by sight, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. A lot of times we'll use this and we'll say that, you know, well, you know, we walk by faith. I'm not moved by what I see. Well, true, true to a degree. But there are some things that we need to see that we're moved by. The trouble is we need, to, we need to see the right things. Make sure we're seeing the right things. Out of the New Living Translation, it says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we would be at home with the Lord. But let me read this to you out of another translation, out of the mirror. Now listen to this. This is so good. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. The traditional, you know, that, that a lot of us grew up with here in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, right? All right, the mirror puts it this way. Faith is to our spirit what our senses are to our bodies. Faith is to our spirit what our senses are to our bodies. Your body has senses, does it not? You got some senses? What what are what are the five senses? Anybody know what the somebody needs to get some sense. You need to get you need some sense. We all need a little sense, don't we? But think about this. What are the five physical senses? Huh? 
hear, see, taste, smell, touch, right? Those are the five physical senses. And with those five physical senses, our hearing, our seeing, our tasting, our smelling, our touching, that is how our bodies live here in this natural world. You get close to something that's hot, you go to lay your hand on something that's hot, you can feel that, and your body says, sends a message to your brain that says, that's hot, don't touch it, right? Because you sense something, right? Well, faith is to our spirits what our senses are to our natural bodies, or we could put it this way. In the realm of faith or in the spirit realm, we can learn how to see. You got spiritual eyes. Faith has eyes. Amen. We can hear. Oh, you can taste. Amen. You can smell. You can smell. You ever smelled a demon before? You don't want to do that. You can smell. You can touch. Right? Amen. And so keep all of this in mind. The mind then is a tool that the Lord created man with. It's, it's very unique when you begin to think about it. Let's do this. We've got a few minutes. Come here. What's your name? Tim. Tim? Come here, Tim. What's your name? Chuck. Chuck? Huh? Chuck. Chuck? Come here, Chuck. Come here, Tim. All right, let me show you something here. Man is a three-part being. Man is a spirit. He has a soul, and he lives in a body, right? Now, I'm going to be the spirit because I'm on this side. You're the soulish part. You're the mind, will, and emotions, and you're the body. Oh, you got a body, man. But now the mind... The soulish part of man, the mind, this man right here, he kind of operates like the hinge on a door. He'll work for your body, or he'll work for your spirit. He'll do what you tell him to do, so to speak. That makes sense? Amen? So when we are renewing our minds with the Word of God, we're putting God first, no matter what this joker over here is saying, this guy here will then team up with your spirit. And then this guy here won't have any other choice but to follow. Amen. But if this guy isn't renewed, if he hasn't been restored... If his mind hasn't been revived or reconstructed or any of those definitions that we, that we put on it, then this guy is going to listen to this body. Body says, I don't just want a cup of ice cream. I want the whole tub. What would you have to go there for? I don't just want a couple of pieces of fried chicken. You want the whole bucket. Right? Or... The body is craving something else. Maybe it's sexual. Maybe it's, maybe it's something, you know, just totally, you know. Well, then if this guy isn't renewed, he's just going to, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, let's do that. We'll go that way. 
And then your spirit is not in charge here. So you can see why the renewing of the mind is so very, very important, so vital to us in our walk of faith. Amen. So when we get this guy renewed, then we can change things on the outside. Our greatest need is not physical. It's sure not spiritual. Because Jesus bought and paid for everything that we need. It's been bought and paid for. It has been signed, sealed, and delivered. He has blessed us with every blessing that heaven's got in Christ. It belongs to us. Now, it's not something that I'm going to get later. It's mine now. But you see, this guy has to understand it. It's got to be renewed to it. Right? Then as these, as we team up and we come into agreement, then the physical side, it has to fall into place. Thank you, guys. That makes sense? All right, all right. All right, all right. Now... Let me finish reading this verse out of the mirror just because it's so good. Faith is to our spirit what our senses are to our bodies. While the one engages with the fading and the fragile, the other celebrates perfection. Verse 8. Our confidence stems from knowing that even though it might feel at times that we are merely reduced to flesh, our greater reality is that we are entwined in the Lord He is our permanent abode. That is so good. You can go on on Amazon and order one of these if you want. It's just called the Mirror Bible. It's really good. Now, when we see things, how God sees them, how everything has been bought and paid for in Christ, the finished work of the cross means it is finished. Healing's been bought and paid for. He's not going to go pay for it again. He's not going to die on the cross again for cancer. He's done it. Amen. But you're thankful for that. And so then our faith comes in, and the renewing of our mind comes in, where we can then receive what already belongs to us in the first place. It's ours. Amen? Now, our greatest enemy, now listen to this before you throw any rocks at me. Here, here, here in context what I'm talking about here. Our greatest enemy was once called the devil. He was once our greatest enemy. But Jesus stripped him of his power. He did. Our greatest enemy today is not the devil for the Christian. Our greatest enemy today is our unrenewed mind. You out there? (laughs) Our greatest enemy are these stinking thoughts that are bouncing around in there sometimes. That's your greatest enemy. And the devil, all he does is throw fuel on the fire, you know. You're the one that's thinking it, and so he'll give you more thoughts to think. And he'll just add to that, and he'll add to that. But he's been stripped of his power. Amen. This is so good, but this is the real battle. This is where the real battle is won and lost, so to speak, is right up here.
in our minds and our thinking. Now, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm still reviewing. <laughs> I think we're going to get past the review. Romans chapter 12. This is about a 50-part series. Romans 12, verse 1, New Living Translation. Are you there? Okay. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person how? By changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. New King James, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Living Bible. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all that you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. Amplified verse 2. Amplified Bible says, Do not be conformed to this world, to this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God, even the thing which, God, which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. The Message Bible. I know I'm going a little quick here. It says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That's good right there. Amen? Instead, he says, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's so good. So good. Now, I know I'm giving you a lot here. But take these verses home. Read them. It's, it's good to read them in different translations. The passion. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Just because somebody's got an opinion about something doesn't mean it has to be your opinion, too. Right? But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Amen. Be renewed, inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. They good? That was very good. So then as we grow in Christ by renewing our minds, we can then progressively embrace 
God's way of living, God's way of doing things, learn God's way of doing things, learn what it means to live in the kingdom of God, learn what it means that, to truly seek first the kingdom and understand what the kingdom of God is and how to live in the kingdom. I don't want to get to the other side, Pastor, <laughs> and show up on the other side where I'm in such a deep culture shock being there because I knew they didn't know jack squat down here. Amen? We should start to learn some things down here. We're going to learn them one way or another. But let's get a jump on this. Let's start learning some things now about kingdom life, about what it means to live in Christ, what it means to be the victorious, what it means to be seated with Him. And when we begin to see ourselves seated with Him, as the Scriptures say, then we can begin to look down with Him the things of this world. And realize these are temporary. Some of these things we can change. Some of them we can't change. But bless God, they're temporary. Nonetheless, amen. Because I'm seated with Christ. I'm above this. <laughs> amen. And so, since I'm above this, I'm going to learn to think that way. What? What? Think about this. What does, what does the mind of God... Think about it. Jesus is seated right now at the right hand of the Father. Do you think he's worried about coronavirus? Do you think it's even really a thought? No, that was nailed to the cross. Yeah, we need to be wise, as pastor is talking about. Absolutely, you need to be wise. Absolutely. But you don't have to be worried about it. <laughs> Amen? Why? I'm in Christ. He's in me. Amen. The greater one lives on the, on the inside. What is he greater than? Well, he's greater than everything, isn't he? He's sure greater than Corona. How'd they come up with that name anyway? Where'd that even come from? Yeah, I thought it was beer too. <laughs> Amen. All right, 10 minutes here. Once again, man fell very greatly when sin entered in. Our spirits are saved and born again, but we're still working on our minds. They are still growing and embracing the ways of Jesus. And God wants us to know his ways and his thoughts, right? And that's why he's given us his word. And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit, who is the author of the word, right? To help us in that. Now, we, we, we touched on this last week, so let's look at these very, very quick. Since we're still in a review, we're not going to get past this, but Matthew chapter 4. Sometimes we need to hear some things over and over and over again to get them in us. Matthew chapter 4. <clears throat> and this is Jesus. Don't have to have time to go through all the background of everything that we look at, but... Matthew 4, verse 17. Out of the uh, New Living, it says, uh, From then on, Jesus began to preach. He began to preach. He, he preached this everywhere he went. He preached, Repent of your sins. Turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Right? New King James says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Passion says, 
keep turning away from your sins and come back to God, for heaven's reigning kingdom is now available. That's so good. So Jesus is telling us to repent of our sin, return to God, so to speak, for the, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If something is at hand, what does that mean? Huh? I mean, it's right here. At hand. It's not far off somewhere. So then Jesus said to repent of sin. See, a lot of time, you know, we, we only focus on the outward manifestation of sin. The murder. You know, you still shouldn't do that. Don't misunderstand me. The lying, cheating. All these other th- things that, you know, Ten Commandments, you go through the whole ten, ten Commandments. Yeah, that's a sin. That's a sin. That's, it sure is. Amen. But you see, Jesus came to address the root of the problem, not just the outward things. Right? Are you here? Amen. You know, we can not sin, so to speak. Our physical bodies may not sin. But that unrenewed mind of yours, being unrenewed as it is, even though your body may not always yield to it, it's still got some sinful thoughts going on up there. Yeah. Jesus said, repent. What does that mean again? So why do you remember from last week? Repent means repent. Yes, it means to turn. Absolutely, we understand all of that. It means to turn. Absolutely. Change your course. Change your direction. Absolutely. But repent means to re, means to do something over again. Right? What is pent? The pent is like the penthouse. You know, like George Jefferson. We're moving on up to a penthouse apartment in the sky. See, we're seated with Christ. Jesus said, repent do over again, come again, return again to this high place. Turn from your sins. Get back up here where you belong. Right? Turn to God. Change your course. Change your direction. It means this, to change your thinking. So you're not going to change your direction permanently. (laughs) Are you here? You can stop doing something for a while physically. But unless you change your thinking about some of these things, you're going to go right back into it. So then that's not even really truly repentance. It's it's repentance on on a physical level. But it's not even true repentance, meaning where you haven't really changed your thinking regarding this. Because when you begin to change your thinking, then you're going to change your course. You're going to change your direction. You're going to return again to that high place. And that's not even going to be an issue. That's good. All right, four minutes. We read the Amplified last week, not going to read it this week. We also went to Isaiah chapter 55. Remember that? Let's turn and look at that. We'll end up here in just a second. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, verse 8. And I told you, a lot of times we'll take some verses of Scripture and we'll use them as an excuse instead of 
something to prod us along to truly believe God and to change. Isaiah 55, verse 8, look at this. It says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And we'll use these verses of Scripture, these two verses, as an excuse. Well, God thinks higher than we do. Well, yeah, of course he does. We know that. That's a given fact. We understand that, right? But this should not be used as an excuse, meaning that you can't ever learn how to think like God. Right? If we spend time with Him, we have a relationship with Him, then we'll learn to think like Him. We'll know how He's going to react or how He's going to respond to a situation because we know how He thinks. And if you ever really want to know what He thinks, you wonder what He thinks, then, you know, put a little muscle, a little effort into it, get your Bible out. What is this? This is nothing but a book of God's thoughts. This is God-inspired, God-breathed, but it's the very thoughts of God on paper that you and I can actually look at and read and use to renew and to restore and to begin to think like God. The same thoughts, think about that. That's so wild. When Jesus cleansed the leper, what was his thoughts that moment? What was going on? What was his thoughts when he told him to go fishing and the first fish you catch, you know, take, take, the, take the coin, the money out of his mouth and go pay my, my, your, your tax bill, my tax bill. What? Your unredeemed mind, that's not your first thought. See, I'm fully convinced of this. You couldn't have convinced me otherwise. The mind was actually created to be just as supernatural as your spirit. Now, we've got a long ways to go. Don't misunderstand that. We do. Well, we should have left the launch pad. <laughs> we should be going somewhere with it. But your mind was created to be just as supernatural, to have a supernatural mind. To think the very thoughts of God. To live in this natural world supernaturally. And you hear something on the news or whatever and you don't have to cave into fear. Why? Because our mind is renewed. Because we're thinking differently. Amen. That's so good. So good. Jesus has made provision for us in every area. Amen? It's just the renewing of this mind. Getting it to listen. Getting it to obey. Sometimes it'll give you trouble every day. It will. How often do we have to renew our minds? Every day. 
As long as you live on this planet, there's going to be things we're going to have to contend with here until the fullness of our redemption comes in. It's going to be, it's going to be completely different for us one day. Amen. Right now we're working on something. And faith will fight no matter what. It won't just give in, cave in, and quit. It'll stand up and it'll fight. Declare the Word of God in the face of something that's contrary to the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the end, we always win. Father, we trust you with this tonight. We thank you. Your Word strengthens us, encourages us, challenges us to grow, reveals to us who you created us to be in Christ, your original intent, the original creation, especially in regards to our minds. We thank you for it, Father. Lord, a seed has been sown tonight. I declare this seed will not return void, but it will produce a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank God for the Word. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. (laughs) Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. You want to hear it in the Greek? Stand with me, would you?